and there's just so much going on and there's so many people out there and there's just so many interactions. Like you just can't look at the past. Like my grandma always said, don't focus on the past. You're not going that way. Right. So you have to <laughs> kind of like move forward. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello, everyone. Welcome today to a special Level Up episode. Today, we are with Amy Gilmore. Amy is the owner and co-founder of Gilmore Property Group. Uh, she is a fantastic realtor. She's been in the business for quite some time, and we are so happy to have her on. So welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. So why don't, I mean, we were kind of joking before we were going to go way back, but why don't we start talking? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you got started in the business and, and kind of like the progression of your career from there? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the big thing, you know, it's like, I was never one of those people that knew what I wanted to do. You know, when you're sort of going through university, it's like, oh, what are you going to become? And my sister was one of those people that knew like right from grade one that she wanted to be a teacher. I was never like that. Um, so I honestly didn't really know. Like I have a geography degree and I just kind of went through year after year at university, um, taking what I like and taking what I was interested in. And then of course you graduate and it's like, okay, so this is the real world that everyone's talking about. So I was 20, I worked for three years um, as a bookkeeper. Um, and it just, it wasn't for me. It was a little dry. And the reason why I did that is because my mom, that's what she did with her career. So she was a bookkeeper, but more like entrepreneurial in the sense that she would, you know, do bookkeeping for different companies. So she was, you know, not hired by one company, but she, that's what she did. And she sourced it out to do the bookkeeping for multiple different companies. Um, so I just kind of went into that because like, I didn't know what else I was going to do. And then I ended up just sort of creating this list of all of these things that I didn't like about working. So I didn't want to take a go train. I didn't want to have to wear a suit every day. I wanted to kind of do my own thing. And it just literally landed on real estate because again, when I was in high school, my parents started um, flipping houses a little bit and moving. And I remember sitting down with my parents' real estate agent at the time. I mean, that was 15, more than 15 years ago. So we sat down and had coffee and I just thought, why not? Let's try it. So I got my license and, you know, here we are kind of year 14 and I haven't turned back. Wow. Awesome. Was, was it a case where you looked at the work that that agent was doing and said, I, I can do this or I'd like to do this, or there's a lot of things that I would like to do that I'm not seeing done that I could really bring to this? I think that's a good question. So like, definitely we can all agree that in 15 years time, the real estate industry has transformed. There was no social media. Like you, people weren't living on their phones, how they are today. Um, it, it just, uh, it was a completely different world. And even when I sat down and had coffee with this woman who was probably, I'm going to say she was 50 and I was 26. I mean, our, we as people were just so different. So I didn't really even know 
what I was looking for. And I can honestly say when I went into it, I really had blinders on. Like, you know, all these people would say to me through the years now, it's like, oh, weren't you worried about the number of agents that were out there or the level of competition or why are people going to choose you? And I, I honestly think like I was just so, you know, blinders on, like I didn't even think about other people. I was like, mm. oh, well, I can just do this. I just thought I could do it. Um, and I mean, never thought I'd be where I am today. I never thought that I'd see the success I have today. I never thought, I, I never even knew, you know, like the volume that was possible to, to have in this business. It's crazy. It's overwhelming. It's, it's really exciting. So um, I'm glad I kind of just went this route and I'm glad I didn't do too much research to kind of deter me from doing this route, you know? So you, so you don't want to go back to bookkeeping is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm going to go with a hard no on that. I, okay. I, yeah. okay. <laughs> me neither. I would be, you know, I would choose to have my lunch when you weren't supposed to have your lunch. I'd be taking bathroom breaks when I'm not allowed. Probably. I don't know. I just, I, I'm very free. I'm kind of a free bird and that's what I like about this business. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think the fact that you have blinders on a lot of the times, like it's helpful for you because you're not so concerned about, you know, just what other people are saying and you're just kind of focused on your own stuff. And that's probably led you to a lot more success as a result because you're just focused on your clients and bringing them value. And, and that's kind of something that I think a lot of us can learn from because it's really hard to do that. Do you find it's harder now, now that there's social media and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, for me, okay, so I'm a little different. Like you guys know me, um, and there are many people that know me and, and, and know of me, I guess. But I think, you know, something that may surprise a lot of people is that at the end of the day, like I'm a complete introvert. I don't, I'm very quiet. Like my, I recharge in quiet. I don't need tons of people around me. Like my husband is very opposite. He loves the party. He loves the people, the buddies. Like everyone's always coming over all the time. Um, not in COVID times, but in general. <laughs> and um, me, I, I, I'm very quiet and I've always kind of kept my head down. Like I don't really need or care for the spotlight. So, um, you know, so I guess, and also combining that with just the fact that, you know, I turned 40 a couple of months ago and I have these older clients and they're just so outspoken and I love them. And they said to me, they're like, you know, when you're in your twenties, you're just kind of feeling it out and figuring out who you are. And when you're in your thirties, you're, you're more confident, but you're still very aware of what people think. And then when you turn 40, like you just don't care, you could care less about what other people think and you're just going to do what you want to do and say what you believe. And like, honestly, that's how I am. Like, Am I perfect? No. Do I please everybody? Definitely not. But I'm happy at the end of the day. My family's happy at the end of the day. I'm yeah. doing what I know to be best. And like, who cares after that? Yeah. You know? No, yeah. I love that attitude. And I think you're right. Cause I, we're, we're like, we're all the same age. We're yeah. 81 babies. Yeah. So. You just turned 42. I did. Yeah. 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 Daniel's on his way. He's oh. got a, he's got another month and month and a half or month. Oh, and you, you young and you young and that's right. The, the, the filter is actually just right here. This is my natural look. <laughs> Oil of Olay twice a day. It's a good decade. I honestly like it. I, I somewhat feel relieved that I am 40 because some people say like, Oh, you look so young. Um, maybe not after COVID with like lack of highlights and things, but, um, you know, it's like, they, they would always say like, Oh, you look so young. And I feel like now I can say like, Oh, well, I'm in my forties, you know, yeah. it's like, 
take that person who thinks that I'm young. Not anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. So, uh, so the topic of this, and this is, it's a very loose topic in a lot of ways, because really we want to follow your story and where you are and how you got there. But to give it an umbrella topic, we called it finding your way because in any industry, but especially real estate, and you mentioned competition and how many people there are, there's a lot of people who get lost in the noise, in their own heads, in a multitude of things. And it makes it really difficult for them to know where they're going, how to get there, what they even want in some cases. And so if we stick with the beginning for you, I think you, you kind of, we've already touched on a really important thing, which is the not so much worrying about what's out there. If you were talking to the people that are at so many different levels of their career right now, some just starting, some who have been in it in a while or in it a while, some who might be starting and older than us, some who are like all like with careers and all that, is there sort of a tried and tested rule of thumb or, or, or thought you'd start with with them where they're really lost right now? And before they start establishing, how am I going to get there? It's like, where do I start right now to lay the foundation for finding my way? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, that's a really good question. And I think, you know, the best, the best advice I could really give anybody is to just be, be true to yourself, right? Keep, keep focused. Um, and, and be true to yourself when you deal with people, because people want to deal with people that they like. I mean, they always say no, like, and trust, but we all know so many people. You really want to deal with people you like and you trust. And mm -hmm. it's, it's constant with me with clients when they always ask me, but Amy, what would you do? Like if this was you or, you know, if you were in our shoes and this was your option, would you buy house A or house B or would you live in, you know, Mississauga or High Park or wherever it would be? Like, where would you live and why? Right. So I think just being real and being honest with people at the ground level with with everything and giving them honest advice, not the let's sell you a house today advice or let's sell you um, buy you a house today advice. It's it's that's what's I think is going to be like it's going to help you grow your relationships with people and people are going to trust your opinion, um, whether you're in a sales role or not. Um, and also just surrounding yourself with people that are doing what you want to be doing, right? If you're surrounding yourself with people that are, aren't making any sales or are just out kind of screwing around, they're not really making moves or making waves. It's like, that's going to rub off on you too, right? You want to be with the movers and shakers and, you know, groups like this and forums like this, that's why they're so helpful because it helps us think bigger and learn, oh, wow, that person did it. Like anything that I say today is not because I'm better than anyone that's listening here. Like anyone can do it. Um, it's not rocket science to do what I've done, but I've just sort of watched other people in the last 14 years of my career and kind of been a fly on the wall and just observing them and thinking, oh, wow, that person has been able to do that. Like, why can't I, right? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. So when you were first starting out, what was your biggest or most prominent prospecting strategy? Was there something that you think you attributed to kind of getting you off to the right start? Yeah, so I, um, when I first started, I signed with a company in Burlington and um, it's because I lived in Oakville at the time. So uh, I worked for an office. I was always an independent agent. I never really started with a team, but I would say that back then teams weren't really as big as yeah. they are today. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was very common just to get your license and just start selling. So I did a lot of open houses, um, 
I did open house and we can't do them now. So it's, you know, obviously different times, but hopefully coming to an end. Um, but I did open houses for other agents. And I think, you know, what I did is I focused on who were people that were my age that would be buying these houses. So I wasn't doing the, you know, multi-million dollar waterfront properties in Burlington open houses. I was doing like the small house or the townhouse or, I mean, at that time, these properties were 300,000, right? So as a result, I was meeting those sort of late 20s, early 30-year-old people who I honestly have to say are still in my circle today. Um, and I still do business for these people today because I met them when they were young and at the starting of point of their life when they were buying homes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's gone that way. It's like a big snowball. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd say most of it is now repeat referral business at this point. Honestly, all of it. I literally yeah. wake up. I'm so blessed to say this, but I literally wake up. There's a text message. There's a, an Instagram post, a Facebook post. And like, I'll be the first to say, I'm not really active with any sort of database. I mean, we have one, we pay for one, but it's not like, I really don't even work it. It's just people reach out because they had such a good experience the first or second or third time. They just call you again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so you basically dove right in, like, was there a period of time where you said, I, I'm nervous or I'm, I need to take a step back and learn this because I'm kind of faking it to make it, or it was more of a, let's just learn on the fly. And I'm meeting, like you said, people who I trust and people who trust me. So let's just, they know I'm working in their best interest. And when I have a question, I've got someone to ask. Is that more the approach? Yeah. So when I first signed, I, I went with an office that had um, a great mentorship program. And the mentor that I had, um, I'll happily say her name, Betty McMahon. She's like a maven in the industry. And um, at the time, like she was, you know, Remax Platinum, which I think was like 250 and above. Um, she had four kids and she was a single mom. And this woman was like a powerhouse. And she drilled it so hard into my head about commissions and holding your value and, you know, not negotiating yourself down. Um, and she was like my first sale, my first purchase with a client, I called her every step of the way from like, how do I even present the offer? Cause you know, you're in person and you're like saying, and it's like, do I shake the person's hand? Do I look at them? What do I say? Like I, I was 26. I knew zero, like literally zero. I didn't know anything. And honestly, to this day, those clients that were my first buyer and first seller do not know that they were my first buyer <laughs> and first seller. Thank God. Um, but Betty walked me through everything. Like she told me how to do everything, write offers, do everything. So I really do owe like a ton of my, um, success and just, the, you know, where I've come just from her, just, she, she put me in that headspace to, to be strong and to succeed just as yeah. she's done with her career. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so helpful. And I think that's something that is lacking a lot in our industry is just that mentorship side of things, because mm -hmm. I, I remember also getting into it and I started 11 years ago and the brokerage I started with the training was great, but it's not until you start going out there and talking to people until you yeah. really start learning. And those first couple of years, like, you know, I did well, but I would have done so much better if I had somebody kind of backing me up and telling me, okay, maybe try saying this as opposed to like completely bombing, you know, <laughs> losing somebody or scaring them off because like, yeah. I'm so like intense. So 
I think, you know, especially for, for new agents starting out, if you can get with either a brokerage or just find somebody in the industry that's willing to provide that mentorship, I think that just sets you up for such a successful career quicker um, than kind of feeling your way through things and stumbling along. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I do think that there's some value in, in having somebody kind of backing you up. Oh, absolutely. I, I, you don't know the lingo. You don't know anywhere to start. You just, you need someone to tell you like, this is kind of what's the expected path and this is how people are going to respond. And I mean, yeah. I owe everything to her. She really set me on the right path. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. great. I, I'm going to just cut in because I know there's people watching on Facebook, there's people watching on Zoom. So just for everybody who's watching, if you have questions, if there's anything you want to ask, we are checking it. That's why I keep twitching down. I don't have a, don't have a nervous tick. I'm just guys, like, I'm an open book. So if anybody has questions, don't like, I, I literally, I will talk about anything. So yeah. if you have a question, ask it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and that's great foreshadowing over what we just said. Like this is when Amy talks about surrounding yourself with good people, she is the good people, everybody. So take advantage of this opportunity to yeah. ask the questions. She can be your Betty right now. <laughs> Betty. I can be your Betty. <laughs> be exactly. your Betty. I don't know if I do a beautiful job as Betty. Like she's set the bar pretty high. She's solid. That's so. oh, good. Um, I okay. I'll I'll jump in while yeah. people wait. But um, for the people that are watching that are are parents or moms, um, I know you've got two beautiful children. Um, you've got like one two year old. So you're kind of like is, is he two now? Yeah, he's two, he'll be two and a half next month. He's like okay. the size of a five-year-old, but he's two and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's huge. So you're kind of like in the thick of it with kids and all that. Like, what is your advice um, for somebody getting in? Like, like I, let's let's talk to moms because I feel like moms have it a little bit different, um, especially in this industry. Um, how do you? I know I know the word the balance gets tossed around, and it's not really accurate because you're you're trying to do it, but how, how did you figure it all out? And what, what advice would you give to those people that are kind of going through that right now? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely hard with kids. There's no doubt um, because you don't own your own time anymore. So what, what we did is we've delegated a lot of our lifestyle to other people helping. Um, mm -hmm. When I first had my daughter, so my daughter just turned six, I, um, you know, I was like that sort of crazy person that, you know, was pregnant. I didn't want to tell people I was pregnant. I just kept working. I thought, oh no, they're going to see the bump. I was hiding it with scarves. Like I did the same. I didn't, yeah. want, I didn't want people to know that I was pregnant because I saw in my eyes as a, at that, at that time, like non-parent, mm -hmm. oh, people are going to think I can't work for them. People are going to think I can't take on new business. I, I, and I love work. I still love work. So I didn't want the baby to be a negative to my career growth. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, of course, then baby comes in April, and as all newborns do, they're they're pretty. They just sort of lay there. They don't they don't go anywhere. Um, and you know, I managed to like still quote unquote do it all for the first five months. Um, it was stressful. It was crazy. But I just kind of mentally wasn't prepared to really have a plan B. Like I never really wanted to acknowledge it. I thought, oh, I can just kind of figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a client of mine who conveniently was moving to Georgetown out of Toronto. And he was so worried about what would happen to their nanny. Mm -hmm. And I knew this client from like university days way back. So I, you know, had a lot of trust for him. And this nanny had been with his family for two years. 
And I sort of figured, okay, well, if she's been with his family for two years, I don't need to interview her. She'll be great. I could just get her into my home. And, you know, sure enough, she's been with her family for five years now. Um, and she stepped in and allowed me to just like get back to work on the pace that I wanted to be back in it after, you know, having the baby. Um, so having care or having a care option is, is key because obviously you have to have your, your quiet time and your focus and your, you know, time to do your work. Um, but other things too, like, I, like, I don't want to spend my Saturdays cleaning. Right. So we have a cleaner that, that does our house every week. Um, you know, it's those kinds of things. So I, I, like when I'm at home, I'm focusing on my kids. When I'm at work, I'm focusing on my work and the two don't really bother the other, if you will. It's not balanced totally, but it's livable. We'll call it that. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that, have you then consciously set boundaries now as far as time goes? Like you've got the, the, the defined time when you're in one place or another, but do yeah. you have uh, that talk with your clients or is there a set rule and boundary that you stick to that allows you to maintain that focus irrespective of what's going on around you? Um, so in terms of like, that's the one thing I will say that's been somewhat of a benefit with COVID. I haven't had to, you know, areas where you can do zoom calls or phone calls, you know, I've been able to do it more on my own time and my own schedule or offer dates, for example, thanks to this mm -hmm. continuing crazy Toronto market that we're in. Yeah. Um, I can kind of schedule my work and my life. Right. And if I have to work an evening, you know, my husband, he's more nine to five with his work. So he's always able to be home with the kids in the evening after the nanny goes home. So between sort of the three adults that are sort of running our house, if you will, um, we always sort of find a time to work it off. Um, but I also make sure that I have one weekend day that's just mine with my kids, right, where I'm not running around, I'm not working I'll, I'd rather have a crazy Sunday of showings or dealing with people and know that my Saturday is just mine. Right. Yeah. 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 So going off boundaries, like I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with, especially in this crazy Toronto market or any G GTA and beyond market. Um, you know, like you're coming out, especially when you're working with buyers, um, you, you want to be able to accommodate when they can want to see places. But at the same time, you want to have some sort of consistency to your own schedule and to your own life. So do you, do you have any tips on how to put in place boundaries for yourself? Well, I mean, for me personally, uh, like we are growing a team here. We've got Pete McDonald who joined us last fall and then Jay Dyson literally was just licensed yesterday. So I have two great guys in the office that are going to be taking care of all of the buyers. So personally speaking, my goal, like other than my maybe my own clients that I've just been working with regularly over the last 13 years, I'll work with those people. Um, but again, all of those people know who I am and know my life. So there's a certain level of sort of understanding and respect. Oh, they have kids. I have kids. Like we kind of all get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like for me, Jay and Pete will be working with all the buyers, the MLS realtor leads, all of that. So it'll be less sort of instant running for me. This, this, kind of brings me back to two sessions ago, we talked with NASMA about yeah. work, about assistance and bringing in help on the real estate side of things. But this is, would you, she was basically talking about how you need to at some point invest in yourself. Like when you're ready to grow, 
whether or not you think you're ready or not, you've got to take that jump yeah. mm -hmm. to be able to take the jump, right? Yeah. Would you agree with that from a, on a personal side as well? Like you've said, you know, whether it's a nanny or cleaners or things like that, is that a really important step when people feel like they're bursting at the seams, but they might not yeah. be able to make it work? You got to do that first and just trust that that'll free up the time to let you grow. Yeah, you have to, because I think the first time you do anything, you're obviously terrified. Um, there's obviously been a lot of firsts for me in my career, whether it was hiring Ryan, my assistant, you know, hiring on a first agent, opening up this office. Like I for sure had a list of a thousand, like, no, 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 no. Like, this is scary. This is not good. You're going to go into debt. You're not going to be able to pay these people. Like, how are you going to do it? What if like you have, of course you have the, the bad, but you, you have to be able to look beyond it. And if other people can do it, you can do it too. Um, and I can't even tell you like how amazing Ryan has been in my life. Like a lot of people that are listening here probably have interacted or dealt with Ryan and I only ever get amazing, you know, feedback from clients and they all say, oh, you've got a really great guy working in the office there. And because Ryan has the time to write these great detailed emails back to people where if I'm driving on the highway, I'm, you know, pulling over and sending a quick, like, I'll get back to you in an hour kind of email, right? So Ryan really adds a lot more quality to our business and our clients get immediate responses, whereas they'd be waiting for me. So, you know, I did pretty much wait for a breaking point to hire an assistant. And it was when I was doing everything and it was crazy. And it just, you know, you'd kind of have this list at the end of the day of, oh, I have to get back to this person. And this person wanted to know what their neighbor's house sold for. And this person's asking me about this. And I got to call this person back. And you, you're just so tired. Like you're, you're so tired by the end of the day and your night now extends another three hours of just getting back on these random small emails. So now, you know, Ryan's in every day, Monday to Friday. And, you know, now I, I joke and I think the nanny doesn't work on the weekend and Ryan doesn't work on the weekend. And it's like, <laughs> oh God, here I am Saturday and Sunday. Like, I hope no one calls me. <laughs> you know? what are we gonna do? You're always evolving, right? Like, so maybe we'll figure out hours or I don't know, we'll sort something out. But now I've got, you know, Jay and Pete, so they can, they can do the running on the weekends. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. no, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So let's talk about your journey. And I mean, we talked about how it started and we know that you're doing great now, but there's a whole lot of in between. <laughs> and there's a and lot I of guess, in between. <laughs> so like what sort of, I mean, kind of, we'll make it an abstract question where you can kind of tell the story as you want and, and end the chapter or start the chapter where you want. But between, okay. you know, the, the early days of, of really finding your path and getting comfortable and mentorship with Betty and that sort of stuff, to now having the, you know, the operation you've got going that's growing and doing well, what are some of the milestone steps and, and, and things you did along the way to get you here? Yeah, um, okay, so I guess sort of, you know, it's been 14 years and for 10 or 11 of those years, you know, I worked with the major name brand company. Um, I had been with, I'm gonna say, four uh, offices under the same company umbrella and I moved you know for various reasons a lot of it was the first couple were just kind of I was operating out of Burlington and I loved the office that I was at in Burlington but then then I was living in 
the High Park neighborhood of Toronto. And I thought, this is crazy. Like all of my deals are, you know, being sent out to Burlington, but I'm now like anchored here and this is where I'm living and working. So I really need to focus and find a brokerage here that I like. Um, and then I found a wonderful brokerage in town, like more downtown-ish uh, in Toronto that I was working in. And, and that was amazing and great. Um, but then of course I had my daughter. So there's another life change kind of trigger. And at that point, I wanted to just have an office that was really, really close to my house. And I thought I drive people around all the time for work and I don't want to have to drive to my office as well to do work. Right. So I changed brokerages again, still with in the same umbrella company, but just a different office um, to a brokerage that was closer to my house. And that was short lived because that was sort of my awakening that all offices under a certain umbrella perhaps are not run the same. Mm. Um, and I just, uh, maybe I was naive, what have you, because I had such a good run with that brand, with the offices I was in before, it was great. And then the last one I was at, it just, it wasn't great. So, um, and, and the thing I will say about that learning experience is we had an opportunity to work out of a really great boutique kind of storefront office location and that is what made me realize wow this is what I really want I just like the vibe I liked being like I'm sitting here and I'm on Bloor Street and I'm watching all these people walk by the sidewalk and cars and you know we have our maybe I'll even just turn you guys around if you can see that but we've got all of our listings displayed on our on our front window and it's, it's awesome. Like it's ours, you know what I mean? And I really, I really loved that. And, you know, as things sort of went, we weren't able to work out of that office anymore because another team was coming in. Um, and then we left the brand and, and that office and sort of went somewhere else to hang our hats and just kind of figure, figure things out. Um, so I guess what I, what I always wanted to do is open up my storefront. That was what I got from that last office. Yeah. So, you know, again, just sort of in typical Amy character, I just sort of went ahead and said, okay, I'm signing a lease. And I signed the lease and I found my office space, which is where we are right now. And, you know, then I went back to the brand and I said, hey guys, great news. I've got a lease. I can open up my team office. And they said, oh, but your address is too close to another one of our um, uh, like offices, like you, you will have to sign with that specific office. And I was like, uh, I'm not really feeling it with the people that run that office. Like, I don't want to work out of that office. And they said, well, these are our territorial boundaries. Like you have to work out of that office, um, or under that office. And I just said, like, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Cause I thought I'm paying you guys all this money. I'm doing all the work. And you're yeah. telling me what I have to do. Like just internally, it didn't sit well, right? Yeah. So believe it or not, this went on for four months. Like there were head office negotiations and back and forth and back and forth. And then I just kind of took a step back and I thought like, this is crazy. Um, so my pendulum internally kind of swung just totally the opposite way. And now where I am is a company called Cloud Realty, which is just a very small boutique brokerage. Mm -hmm. But I get to do what I want and I'm yeah. here and I have my office and my business has exploded this year. Like it's been a year and a half and I'm super happy. And, you know, I was told 
leading up to all of this, oh, if you're not with the big brand, you won't get the number of people through your front door or more people will call you if you've got that on your business card. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of thought, I'm just going to test it. So yeah, let's see. Don't, don't be afraid let's to see if you're right. do your own thing. And, you know, like people call you, not necessarily the logo that's on your business card. Yeah. yeah, like you and you have built a brand that is you, and and I mean, and Cloud is awesome. Like we yeah. we love you know the team that runs Cloud, but you are the brand. Like I wouldn't go to Cloud knowingly. I'd go to Amy Gilmore knowingly, mm-hmm. and yeah, that storefront and there's your storefront. Like the sign outside, it's not another brand plastered everywhere. And oh, by the way, she's in there, mm-hmm. right? It's the other exactly. way around. And that was the problem. Like I had interviewed with a couple of major brands, right? And they had all said, okay, on your storefront, 50% has to be us. 50% is you. And I thought, but I'm paying 100% of the rent. Like why do I have to 50% on my window? Like that's crazy. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I was like, I'm just going to take all the money I would have given to the the big brand. And now Mm -hmm. that pays for my lease basically. Right. Um, so I haven't lost any money and, you know, optically it, it looks like it's my own brokerage. I mean, it's not, I'm not on the block. I'm not, you know, totally, uh, as independent as you guys are, but through cloud, I'm able to, you know, have our team office and advertise and we're in hundred percent control. So, um, I'm thankful for all of those little awkward road bumps and, you know, challenging experiences. Cause it's taught me that you just have to do what's right for you and it'll work out if it's meant to work out. For sure. And did you have anybody during that process where you could talk to them or just get their advice or were you kind of just going on this on your own and figuring it out and making decisions? Um, In terms of opening up office, the office, yeah, I did speak to other agents who had done the same thing. So, and, and we continue to help other agents that are looking to do the same thing. People have questions about everything from signing leases to, you know, where do you get the, like the storefront LED displays, like all, all yeah. of that stuff. Right. But um, I mean, our office, our cloud office has been amazing in terms of just facilitating the connection between us and them and, and helping us sort of guide the way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your office is beautiful. I've only seen so pictures nice. so far, but Thank I, you. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, if I, I mean, the floors, uh, there's a lot of glass even. in here, but there's love, a mural. Yeah. There's a mural on the wall that one of our clients did and it's oh, a lot really? of glass and so nice. yeah anyways it's cool we, we love it we, we conveniently opened just before COVID hit so yeah. you know <laughs> grand opening has yet to come we're a year and a half late you know right yeah <laughs> yeah oh, we'll no it. but it's good and did you find opening your office took your business to the next level oh huge absolutely yeah. because now we're a staple in the neighborhood so you know, people know where we are. Um, funny enough, we're a few doors down from a very prominent bar that's been in the neighborhood for like 25 years. So okay. we, if they don't know exactly where we are, we always say, oh, we're a few doors over from Bryden's. And they're like, oh, we know exactly where you are. <laughs> Perfect. It's like, yeah, patios and beers and all the rest of it are just a few doors down when, you know, things are open up again. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been it's an anchor, right? It's, it's yeah. something that everybody sees and the amount of traffic we get in Bloor West walking by. It's, it's awesome. For sure. It's great for yeah. our listeners too, right? Yeah, no, definitely. The location is amazing. 
And we, we mm-hmm. got our idea to get our first ruggable from your office. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ruggable. Oh my gosh. They're the best guys. They're the best. I, I, I know. We, I know. After we saw yours, we got one. Yeah. We're like, we have to get one. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's so funny? I have yet to wash mine. I haven't even washed it yet. No, neither have we. No, I keep, no, no one's going to our office. Yeah. So. I keep it's going in traffic, traffic, right? No one's really walking yeah. to the front door because of COVID, right? We all exactly. come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Soon enough. Soon enough. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're there and, and, and you went through what was, I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty good experience, save for maybe a mismatch of management and all that towards the end, that it just wasn't the right people for you. When it comes to people who are doing that, and there's a lot of people who bounce around and go brokerage to brokerage and they're finding where they fit. How have you dealt with, or if you have, like, what are you doing to deal with those old relationships and ensuring that especially when they're geographically still pretty close to you and probably people you cross paths with quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, were there bridges burned through the process or is it something that's more of a, everybody's kind of shaking hands and moving on and. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just so busy, right? I, like, I don't know about other people. I feel like when people carry and hold grudges, it's, it's maybe because they just don't have a lot going on. Um, but like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I like have a thousand things to think about. Do you know what I mean? It's like waking up in the morning, the kids, like getting out the door. Um, Sean and I are in the process right now of hopefully next spring starting to build our house. So we're dealing with all of that this year in the city and like not to mention work, you know what I mean? So there's just, it's kind of like it happened. It wasn't the right fit. I saw, you know, the true colors out there of of some people and it's fine. Like Mm -hmm. they have a huge following of people that that need them. And I definitely needed them in the early days because really who was I 14 years ago? I had no experience. I didn't know anything. Um, And I had, um, you know, was connected with a great mentor, as I mentioned earlier, and I've done what I've done and I've built my business, but there's just so much going on and there's so many people out there and there's just so many interactions. Like you just can't look at the past. Like, you know, my grandma always said, don't focus on the past. You're not going that way. Right. So you have to <laughs> kind of like move forward. Yeah. There were a yeah. lot of knowledge bombs in that, in that little stretch there. Like, and, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, one of, one of those is going to open the, when this becomes a podcast, that's one of those is the opening quote of this podcast, because For there's sure. a lot in there and, for me, the the most important thing you said there is like, if someone's mind is clouded with negative anything, they're yeah. not, their focus is just like being wasted, mm-hmm. right? Like why or why, yeah. what's the point? So you've clearly chosen the right things to focus on yeah. and taking risks is scary as hell, but it's yeah. what makes being an entrepreneur fun too, right? So oh, yeah, like, I have love you, it. Have you, uh, do you have you I'm sure you've made decisions or taken risks that haven't been like a home run like can you think of anything that you jump and you're gonna be like no no it was all the right thing it was all completely <laughs> no, it's all perfect. perfect seamless the things that like I feel like if I try something and it doesn't if it's getting kind of messy or it's not working out it just wasn't meant to be you know like before for example I was very serious about before I leased this commercial space, I was trying to buy um, a commercial unit mm-hmm. and it, it didn't work out. Like I just, I was in competition with someone, like there was obviously a higher price point, they accepted the higher offer. 
um, I didn't get it. And I was upset because in my sort of in my brain, like I've never really been a renter, right? I've always been the landlord, never the renter. And I thought, oh, I don't want to pay all this money and rent and renovate this office. And like, what a crazy amount of kind of waste, I thought. But I don't know. And then the other argument is obviously with, you know, the way the tax system is and you need the write-off. So it's like, yeah. it's either going to the government or it's going to my rent. It's not mine anyways, right? So um yeah so like for now we're great with our location you know the landlords are great we have a great space and we're here and we're happy but it was also the first like sort of baby step of let's open the office let's see where you know see where we sit but moving forward definitely you know buying a commercial building would be the next thing I would like to do yeah. Um, but when the time's right, I want to, I want to do my house first. I want to, you know, build yeah. that one. Finally live in a nice house. I've always had the old house in the nice neighborhood. It's time to have a nice kitchen. <laughs> so right. I want to put my money at home first. Yeah, no, that makes sense too. Like uh, <laughs> after what we spent on our office, I'm like, wow, if we could have done that in our house, like, it would have been I know. so nice. Oh, you know what's funny though? It's like, I can take most of it with me. Maybe not the floors, maybe not the mural, but like all this gloss, you know, it's there's a way. I'm not, I'm not leaving the studs. I'm not glass behind. No, definitely not. <laughs> That's right. Leave, leave them a ruggable. Yeah. Leave them one ruggable behind just as go. to remember you guys. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then the fast food chain that comes in here can enjoy my ruggable. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I think a lot of people focus well not focus they it's hard for them to find focus in this business there's a lot of ways that you can prospect a lot of ways that you can show up and and try to reach out to people um in your business i think geographically you're you're more focused is that kind of where you spend most of your time in terms of prospecting and and just doing business um and would you have any advice for anybody trying to find kind of something to to just niche yeah would you recommend yeah, that as opposed to being all things to all people yeah like I'm, de I'm definitely not all things to all people but I will say so this is kind of um not really a joke but it's like a, a like a beneficial sort of funny comment but like as I mentioned I started my business in Burlington 13 years ago and I'm not really a database person I'm just I'm just not yeah. um social media yes but not database so you know, as we spent all those years in Burlington, call it six, seven years in Burlington, and now a good, you know, seven, eight years in Toronto proper. And I've, you know, lived in both sort of the West End and then Etobicoke and High Park now. Um, there's like the Burlington people still call us, you know, mm -hmm. the people that we put into homes seven, eight years ago, five years ago, whatever it was, they're still calling us, right? So, my business is funny because it's very, you know, kind of High Park, Mimico, Mississauga, even a little downtown, some downtown condos. Um, but then there's still like that Burlington contingent that is always there. We don't market out there. Like it's literally yeah. our relationships that are calling us. Um, and then of course, COVID changed things a little bit too, because there were all, there was that big spread of everybody that was moving from Toronto to Burlington. So yeah. You know, there was a slew of people that we sold their condos downtown and bought houses in Burlington. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's, we have a sort of a different, I mean, and that's me, that's not the team. Like our team is, you know, more so focused on growing in this immediate area, um, yeah. Humber Bay, Humber Bay condo area, High Park, Swansea, you know, 
where we are, where we work, but um, me specifically, I have this sort of, it's like Burlington or West Toronto. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just me and my history, right? That's what it is, but right. You know. mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard. It's interesting too, because um, that's how we are as well. Like we're in Vaughan, but most of our business is like Toronto or, you know, downtown condos or things like that. And it's just yeah. happens to be like, that's where the people are that are referring you. And that's where your business was before. So, for and sure. it's nice because it's the people that you enjoy working with for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not like strangers or anything like that. Um, but no, it's interesting. Like everybody does things differently. So I think that's a good, good message to understand. There's not one way of, of, of prospecting or, or that. And I would say too, it's like everybody that we do work with or it's, it's an extension of that arm of, you know, when I first started doing those open houses way back when, right. It's, mm. it's everybody is kind of my age, my same yeah. place in life, like family situation is similar we're all kind of the same. And now, you know, it's, it's like their parents, I'll be selling maybe their parents' property or a right. grandparents' property, but it all stems from that core group of people. Yeah. Mm. So you, you mentioned a bit that, you know, buying a place is in the plans down the road once, once the house is built and all that, what, what is like, is that kind of the next future plan thought for your group or do you have any lofty like vision board type things of where you're headed in the next three years five years what's, yeah, what's the I'm, big idea? hey guys I'm gonna be I'm gonna maybe be weird and throw you off a little bit it's like I I'm, I'm very like a now person you know it's like I don't have these sort of long-term goals per se I, I I watch people like I always have my eye on a few you know, top agents or top people that I just sort of sideline observe. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of creep, yeah. if you will. Thank you. Thank you, Instagram. <laughs> I can see what other people are up to. And it's, and it's like, it kind of gets in my brain and filters in there. Um, a moment and of then inspiration all of a sudden, hits you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'll kind of be like, bang, like I'm doing it. That's just, I don't know if it just takes a little bit of time to build up the confidence or kind of like assess the situation, but yeah. that's, that's kind of more how I am. I feel like that's how, I know that's how I am. I think we've been like that. You've got a vision board going now though. So you've got a little bit more of a definition to some things, but yeah. we're, the spontaneity is what keeps things fun too. As long as you're willing yeah. to know that trying something doesn't have to be, you know, yeah. a touchdown every time. It can just be the mm -hmm. fun of the process of doing something cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I think I, I remember when we were talking before we were saying how like, I, I, I hate to live in the what if, if I had a, something come up to me, it, 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 it's obviously been presented to me for a reason. And so I don't want to be regretting a year down the road saying, what if I wouldn't, we wouldn't have opened it up an office or what, what if, you know, all of these different things. So it, if I knew what happened and it, maybe it was like a complete shitstorm and everything blew up, but at least I knew, I know what's going to happen. And then, you know, you move yeah. on and you learn from that. So, and I feel like that's kind of how you, you've created this successful business for yourself. You just go in, you know, blinders on, like obviously taking some time to really think about it, make sure like it makes sense. But at the end of the day, just go for it and it, it will work out for the most part. 
I think, yeah, like I think in general, people generally speaking, not everybody, but I think in general, we always think that success or something special or something big is meant for someone else or other people are, you know, more qualified or better or, oh, they should get that. Like, it's just, no, like it's for you too. You know, I always, I always tell my kids, it's like the world is just like opportunity and you just have to reach your hand and get it right like don't right. wait for someone else to go get it like you go get it maybe you're yeah, not right. the fastest runner in a race but if you try hard you actually might be the fastest runner in the race Absolutely. you know there's, um, there's... yeah sorry, sorry. daniel go ahead well just, there's such a there's such a fine line between it'll come to me when it's ready and i need to go get it but there's yeah. such a big difference where if you're not willing to try and reach for it, someone else is. And that's why the people who wait for things to happen to them and then get upset why it isn't and why it's happening to other people, it's because they're not, they're not reaching. They're not going for it. If you go for it, yeah. you're going to be closer to the front of the line. You might not do it every time, but not well, you're never, you won't. You're never going to be ready. You're never going to, like, right. no one's ever fully ready. Um, I mean, right now, we're so lucky to be carrying literally the biggest listing I've ever had in my life. And just when I even heard about this opportunity, like no word of a lie, I was terrified. I was like, you know, like overwhelmed with excitement, but like scared, scared out of my mind. Like I've never marketed something like this. I don't like, it just, I just felt out of my league. And then I kind of had to let it set, like, set, you know, set in my brain for a little bit, think about it. And then I thought, no, like I can totally do this. Do you know what I mean? But it, it just, you, like, you're never going to be ready until you tell yourself on your own, yes, you can do this and you're going to give it a go. Yeah. Right. 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 Why not you? Exactly. Like I, yeah, I, I, I see you've got the listing. I'm like, of course she does. Yeah, I know. I'm not That's thinking, <laughs> why was it her? I'm like, no, no, no. for like, sure. I'm like, hundred percent. That. that makes total sense. So from the outsider's perspective, everybody's like, yeah, for sure, Amy. Like who else would have done that, right? <laughs> but there's lots of other, obviously, like great qualified agents who could have had sure. it. Yeah. Um, you know, but it just worked out from a standpoint of relationships and, and knowing certain people and it, it yeah. worked out and we were chosen to do it. Like I'm, it's overwhelmed with gratitude. Like it's a great opportunity. And through that, I've met so many amazing contacts. Like it, that's just been a door in itself that's opened. I could imagine. But that's it. It's all those, those secondary wins you get from the thing you're reaching for. You never know yeah. what will happen. That might not be what you intended in the first place, but that's how good right. things happen is being out there. Uh -huh. A hundred percent. That listing was one thing, but everything that's spun off from that is like, it's another story. Yeah. You got your own HGTV show now. And <laughs> it's coming, you know, 2022. <laughs> we're just, you know, we're, we're waiting for the, the onset hair and makeup people, but they, they can't work right now because of COVID. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. so funny. So as we wrap up, this will be a last call for anybody that wants to ask a question. Um, I have one more question about your value. And I know we spoke about this. You talked about it a little bit before. How do you defend your value right now? I know there's so many brokerages out there. There's different models. Not that there's any wrong with how other people do business but I think a lot of people are struggling right now to defend their full commission especially on the listing side even sometimes on the buying side now mm -hmm. we're seeing it more and more how do you go into a listing presentation and defend what you're worth yeah for sure so I mean number one it's it's all about 
in my opinion, timing in terms of how you structure your listing presentation. Um, you know, we start with, we go into number one, finding out about what the goals are of our sellers and what their, maybe what their soft spots are, right? Like, you know, what they need help with, what their fears are, what their concerns are. Then we obviously talk about the market comparables, et cetera. But then what we talk about is what we do to prepare their home for sale. And I tie that part in specifically knowing what they told me in the first section of, you know, our, you know, our goal is to get the most money or, oh, we, we work too much. We're never home. We don't have time to take care of our house or these are what our stresses are or whatever it might be that they say. Um, we are very full service. I'm also extremely A type, if you can't tell. So like I, and if my name is on your lawn, you know, I want to make sure your grass is cut and I want to make sure that, you know, it's staged and it's photographed well and it's clean and it's like ongoing maintenance and like whatever needs to be done basically is what our team provides. Um, I've got a handyman in at a property right now replacing light fixtures, right? We've, we've painted, we've got the gardener trimming this lady's hedge, like everything just so it's presented just so is, is so important. So I think when we go through our list of what we do and what we offer, people look at it not so much about the, the dollars and cents of what we're putting into it, but all they have to deal with is their own stuff, like putting away their own, their own mess or their own personal items or their own valuables. And we'll take care of the rest. Like we've got movers, we have pods, we have like, all you have to do is clean up your own personal stuff and get the heck out. That's all you have right. to do as a seller. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes them feel comfortable and less stressed about the process because we just need a key and you go like that's all we have to do yeah. so you know from that perspective it's not uh it's less about the commission they don't even look at the commission because they think oh wow you do all of this in your commission awesome mm -hmm. where do I sign yeah people just want to be taken care of do you know what I mean right yeah no 100 percent yeah, I've noticed recently, especially um, like just even cleaning, providing cleaning, having somebody come in and clean the the home, it's like it blows people away. They're like, "Oh, I don't have to worry about that." It's like, yeah, and that, yeah. that is a selling feature in in and of itself. So, yeah, I definitely see how that will negate any requirement to defend your commission at the end of the day and and move out cleanings too people love that right so it's mm. like they move out of their house on closing and of course their house is left with like dust bunnies and crackers yeah. in the cupboard and like all the stuff right so yeah. it's like just move and then we'll send our cleaners in before the new buyers you know get the keys on closing day or whatever it is in the morning we send our cleaners in and uh it's perfect a buyer's agent's super happy our That's sellers great. are super happy what did it cost? 300 bucks, but everybody's happy. Yeah. So worth it. It is. Totally. Yeah. So one last question for me, and I'm curious about industry wise. I mean, you've gone from big brand to, you know, smaller, but it's still, it's still an established brand, but a smaller brand and your own established boutique storefront feel. <laughs> Do you feel that there's a trend where that's going to ha start happening a lot more. Like, do you see the way that people are looking at real estate, just individuals becoming the brand a lot more than the brands becoming the brand or, mm -hmm. yeah. Or is it still going to kind of be a, a brand heavy or it depends on where you are? Like where, where do you see things going in 
Yeah. I mean, GTA specific, I guess I, you're talking about now. No, no, for sure. So I guess, yeah, I, I definitely do see that the trends are, are becoming a lot more independent. I mean, obviously, you know, starting in Burlington 14 years ago, it was like Century 21, Remax, Aurora LePage. Like those, mm. like that was it. Those are your choices. Toronto is obviously, you know, there's more options here, that's for sure. But year over year, I mean, even we see it when we're dropping off deposit checks, right, to the mm -hmm. properties that we're representing buyers on. It's like, um, you know, sorry, guys, my phone just chopped out there. Um, it's like, it's like, where are we going? And, you know, whose brokerage is this? So I, yeah, I definitely think that there's more of a trend to um, you know, smaller brokerages, more independent brokerages. I think if anything, COVID's taught people to go after their dreams and live their lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are going for it and, you know, people call people they like and that they trust and that they've worked for before. I've changed companies a few times and no one has ever asked, oh, well, I was only going to list with you if you worked with, you know, yeah. ABC company. Like they don't, they don't really know. They want someone that they trust. Yeah. So I think it's going to continue. I mean, city centers are obviously, I would think it's, it's, you know, an easier place for that to happen. Suburbs are a little slower to catch up, but it's already happening. Like Burlington and Oakville, I've seen a ton of smaller brokerages. Yeah. Yeah. No, Choice is good for the consumer. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. We're on board with that. Yeah. yeah. You guys know it. I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> you two. Listen to you. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for coming. You're on welcome. Today. It was great talking to you, and we'll have to make a, a date to see your office soon. Anytime through all this, but yeah, I'd love to see it. It's it looks beautiful through the video, so I'm sure it's even better in person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll bring you guys through anytime. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks, well, thanks guys. again. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,